0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Not Boring Podcast. I am your host, Sky, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Akarsh. And we also have our two other members, um, Sid and Cargo. Okay, then. So we st- we're, our main theme today is going to be AIs. So what we're deciding to do to uh, actually structure our podcast is to actually ask some critical questions about our topics and see if we can actually come up with any kind of suitable answers, well at least if, or some kind of like a conclusion to what we can think of about these topics. So we're going to be discussing the capabilities of AIs, pop culture references about AIs, such as in movies, um, The compatib- the compatibility between the human mind and the AI mind as in their interactions, how they would be able to communicate with each other effectively. So the first question, what is, well, what are the capabilities of AIs and how um, powerful will AIs become of in the future? So um, we actually have an AI specialist over here. Well, at least in our opinions, um, Karthik. So would you like to um, come up to the stage?
1: Okay. um First, I'd like to say I'm not an AI specialist. I'm just interested in that field. So I'd like to pursue that in the future. Um, First of all, let's start off with
0: something easy. What are your experiences with AIs? As in, you have programmed the Alexa and added a few
1: skills to it. What
0: are your experiences?
1: Well, with the Alexa thing, that's the actual devices. Yes, it is an AI, but the programming experience, it doesn't really involve much like AI manipulation or any algorithms that that are based on the concepts of AI. Um, The basic programming, like it's it's fundamental. It's like any other kind of general purpose program.
0: Okay, Um, so let's have another one. Um, In 10 years time, where do you think AIs will be?
2: Probably really advanced. They're probably gonna be doing (laughs) half the population's jobs.
1: Yeah, yesterday I was actually reading this post. Um, yeah, I, I I I'd like to add to that. Um, so in that post, it, it was basically saying that we're on this br- we're on the brink of this massive exponential growth. So until now, human progress over time has been pretty pretty linear, but exponential towards like the past I don't know fifty years. Um, but like in the next even ten years, the scale because the scale is exponential human progress will be much, much more, like, it will be so so much more advanced, and yeah, I think it will be, like, there will be a lot more progress in the next 10 years than there has been in the, you know, in the past 50 years, at least based on these, uh, based on this exponential growth.
0: Yeah, for some reason, um, it seems like the Fibonacci sequence all over again, as in uh, the amount of knowledge that we have right now, if you, uh, I think, double it, is it, is it double it? And yeah, I think yeah when you double it and then add it to the same number you have, it's, so that's literally how our knowledge database and also how capable the human race is becoming is acting like, it's like the Fibonacci sequence all over again.
1: So yeah, with um, I'll just add to that. I I'm sure you probably understood the reference, but like, uh, in the example he was mentioning, how if you took a guy from I don't know, uh, like a thousand BC, and put him in fifteen hundred seeing like all the things that he's observing from the 1500 year um he he probably won't die from the amount of development that's happened right he he probably just be He'll like probably
2: die from the diseases
1: <laughs> yeah well that's a different uh, that's a different thing but yeah like he wouldn't be super astonished by how much human progress um has taken place but then if you take the same like if you take a guy from the 1500 year and put him into 1750 He'd be a bit more surprised. He'd be like, whoa, there are more stuff. There. Like, there will. It's almost like the industrial revolution. And then if you just continue this trend, it's like from 1750, if you put a guy into 2015, you're like talking to a person on the other side of the planet. And that, that, that kind of thing just makes their mind blow. It's like this, this kind of rate of progress and now with AI will be pretty, pretty big.
0: Yeah, back on the uh, back onto the topic of AIs, um, you did say something about uh how everyone is go- well not everyone but uh, half the jobs are going to be taken up by AIs.
2: What do you think is going to happen in the labor market? Well, it's not going to go great, is it?
3: Yeah. So I was just thinking, <laughs> like in like oh. a few years' time down the line, around fifteen years, maybe each person has like a pet robot, like an AI. A pet. And that does every single job for you.
2: Oh, it will be. It will become that like that movie, that one Disney movie. What's it called? Uh, one hundred and
3: one domination. No, that
2: no. Uh it's the Astro Wall-E, Boy where everybody's like fat and they don't have to Wall-E. do anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Because everybody, everything's done
1: for them. Isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> I personally, I don't, I don't think that will happen. I feel like AI will be something that will. It will be another thing that will, like, enhance human capabilities, but not exactly replace them. That's my personal opinion.
0: Yes, because uh, as long as... When we are the ones who are programming these, um, you know, these AIs, I don't think there is going to be anyone mad enough to allow them to become something we don't want them to become. Yeah, as in, for example, in reference in references in pop culture, have said that the Terminators, if you have seen the Terminator series, uh, they have um, they've shown these machines that have been made by a great AI, which is connected to like a super network of a, a, of a defense system, which is connected to nuclear warheads and etc. It shows that basically some kind of a hate like uh some kind of ai has gone haywire but if you really think about w- the people who would program this ai why would they give the um the notion for a ai to actually look out for itself as in yes there would there would be a, a case of self-preservation but there should be no overriding of the program where it would overrule the um the priority to protect humans because there would be the highest priority to protect humans in its database so it wouldn't try and not to attack humans at at, at least as long as the programmers are sane
2: no but if you think about it you're like what if the AI starts to think the biggest threat to humans is humans, and then it starts killing humans? Because to be fair, we are the that's biggest a good threat point. to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point.
0: That would, be, that would be more. That would be more like Thanos. Then he would uh, try and kill what? half of the humans. Uh. Well, well Sorry. Sorry. We even sorry. What I mean is that's 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 that that's, that's that's the movie. Wait. That. But that is that is what Thanos does. He kills half of human. Well, not just human, but at all life to try and. Um, stop themselves from destroying themselves because of, you know, famine or any kind of like shortages and not just resource shortages, but also war. Because when you have two little people and like a a very small population, outside threats are much stronger. And so you wouldn't need these imagined realities of, um, you know, businesses or economies to keep people together. All they need is just that outside threat to pe- to give people a reason to work together and survive. And so there would be, you know, much less corruption rates and uh, humanity wouldn't just destroy itself from these wars. They would be too worried about outside threats.
2: I still think AI is going to be the end of humanity.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, Sid, what's your opinion?
3: Well... I was going to start a new topic... Like, not a new topic. Part of the same topic, but I was going to suggest something different, something new. So it is, like... How are they actually going to charge AI? Like, you have to have some sort of electrical input. Half of that is going to literally take up, like... we. It's probably going to take up a lot of electricity. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at.
2: Well, like... There'll probably be a lot more renewable energy... They probably would, yeah.
3: but... Even though... you. You take it; it'll still be a bit limited. Like the amount of energy you get. Yeah, there there flows, will be a limit to every single amount of, 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 of resource taken. Will be mu- significantly higher. In my that's what that's what I'm thinking. Then solar or wind or hydroflow hydro. Flow, hydro um, what do you call it? Hydrothermal. I don't know what it's <laughs> called.
0: Hydro That's geothermal.
3: Hy- Hydroelectricity. Yes, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: just hi- hydrothermal is completely different. That's 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 the thermals or like that's a thermodynamics of water that's what a hydrothermal means i don't think you want to be talking about the thermodynamics of water
3: no i don't but what i'm meaning to say is how are they going to charge it for every single household? yeah safe every single household has it that's going to take up that thing's going to alone take up all the electricity
1: sid but ai is already in your phone like, your phone already uses AI, and it's not like, uh, well, if you imagine the rate of, like, progress, then it's not going to be that complicated for humans to create a very, like, a very powerful AI that can fit in your phone, which you can charge and carry around.
0: Because now it, nowadays, with, uh, sorry, I just thought, uh, we, we have to also account for the fact that there's research being done on nuclear fusion, not just fission, but fusion.
3: Right. So what? 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 Oh, okay. You're trying to say that like you'll generate so much energy with fusion.
1: My well, um, yes, one. I've just got another point to Sid's, uh, or well, Sid's point. He said that well, you need to have some sort of charge. And uh, Akersh pointed out that you know by then there will be renewable resources. And I do believe that as well because if if we look at the rate at which AI is progressing, then surely we can come up with a way that will get us lots of renewable energy to power that ai it's like a part of the whole process anyway so it will it will not be a problem
3: like okay.
1: charge charge and electricity and power for ai in my opinion won't be a problem in the future right
0: okay so now for the computer science of things um <laughs> okay uh so the processing power where are we going to get that from I mean, I have been seeing these, uh, well, not seeing, but hearing of these developments into quantum computers. Sure, would they be strong enough for AIs to
1: use? Um, Quantum computing, it's a, well, it's a thing that's kind of like, I don't know whether it's going to be a bubble or not. Um, And in the future, I don't know whether it will receive enough investment to actually fully develop into a usable scenario. But an example is a 53 qubit Google... uh, quantum computer which is called the Google Sycamore and the problem with quantum computers is that they are only specialized at particular mathematical calculations at the moment so it will take it will take something like I don't know at least 10 years for a quantum computer to develop to solve a problem that's related to I don't know maybe maybe AI because they need to develop particular algorithms for that purpose so each purpose has um, an algorithm and at the moment they're 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 developing algorithms for like 3 d modeling and um uh, like gene design and that kind of things however I don't think they've looked at they yeah I don't think they've looked at AI so um they will definitely be powerful enough but i don't i don't know whether they will be completed within the time frame that we have because they they take a long time to develop
0: okay so um Okay, so if you have an equation for a curve... Yeah. So, so, um, an equation of a curve will describe a curve uh, which has a consistency throughout it, as in um, a consistency to a certain degree, which is exactly what you would find on trajectories of any kind of object which, uh, well, for, well, for now, um, wouldn't be under any kind of aerodynamic uh, forces. So, for example, in orbit right now, an orbit around um, this planet, or maybe not orbit, sorry, a suborbital trajectory. A suborbital trajectory can be defined by um, a quadratic equation. Okay. So, if a trajectory can be uh, defined by equations that, and using calculus you should be able to uh, you should be able to calculate all kinds of trajectories and not only that but you should also be able to use some kind of mathematics to be able to um, uh, almost calculate the gravitational pulls of certain planets or this is by the way just a virtual world for any kind of uh, spacefaring uh, civilization where you can use for planning It can be of course applied to any other uses but um so mathematics basically describe our world in a much more uh, versatile way which can be used in multiple um once again just multiple ways you can be it can be used like calculating trajectories and so you can exactly tell where your craft is going to end up after you finish this uh, retro burn for example so if that's what mathematics can do and quantum computers can handle such a large amounts of mathematical calculations, would it be possible for an AI to use a quantum computer and simulate virtual worlds that span light years across and use it for any kind of data analysis? Uh, for example, like, well, data analysis in terms of, um, would it be possible for a, uh, a spacecraft to travel from, uh, one star system to another, let's just say, using certain fuel resources that are available. So wouldn't AI would be able to use quantum computers for any kind of use like that? That is my question.
3: Okay, uh, I completely understand your question. Well explained. But I'm not getting... Uh, what What is quantum computing exactly? Karti, I think you'll be able to explain that. Uh,
1: yeah, so quantum computing is one kind of medium of computing it's completely different to classical computing Um, it uses the the properties of quantum physics so like with classical computers they have transistors in them transistors are basically responsible for all of the operations that happen in a computer because they're they're like the fundamental building blocks of a computer so the more transistors you have the more operations your computer can perform that's the general trend. And um, we're we're hitting these limits where the size of a transistor is too small. Um, and according to a law called the Moore's Law, um, we're, we're, we're almost at that limit. And I think by 2025, we'll hit that limit. And um, we'll basically not be able to add any more transistors within a given area because of the physical limits, because of the... Laws of physics. So we've hit the limits of transistors. What does that mean? Well, quantum mechanics comes into this because if you go smaller than a certain amount, a property of quantum mechanics plays into this, which is called quantum tunneling. Where it, even if you have um, a transistor on or off, if you go be uh, if you go less than a particular size, then it doesn't matter whether it's on or off it will just, the electron will just jump the gap. So essentially what it means is that um, quantum mechanics will make the transistors always on or or in an always on state, so they can never be off. So we can essentially not use transistors because of the physical limitations and because of quantum mechanics. So what um, uh, scientists have done is that they've created a computer Based on the principles of quantum mechanics to support all of these uh, quantum mechanical properties, and they've been able to create these weird-looking <laughs> fridge, fridge-shaped computers, and um, yeah, with with them, they they work in a completely different manner. I think another
2: like interesting property of quantum computers is the qubits, which is like yes, how the data yeah. is stored, because in traditional computers, it's a bit is either one or zero and in a con- in a quantum computer the qubits um, i believe it's like an electron or whatever spinning up and down and they can be something yes. in between
1: so it's not no yeah un- yeah that's exactly right
0: wait 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 you're saying a quantum computer can store a superposition data type
1: yes that is exactly right and that is the power of quantum computers because in a traditional computer you can only have let's say you have a 4 bit number so, you had one zero zero zero. That's a four bit number. It stores one particular number. Whereas, if you had a quantum computer with four qubits, it stores 16 numbers at the same time. So, it stores all of them simultaneously due to the superposition um, effects. Yeah. So, yeah. that's the power of quantum computing because it can store everything simultaneously. So, you can imagine this with your intuition that if you had, I don't know, like 64 bits and 64 qubits, that 64 bit um, uh, can only represent one number, whereas 64 qubits can represent 64 no 2 to the power of 64 numbers simultaneously. So 1 versus 2 to the power of 64, that's the difference between computing and quantum computing. Is it just faster? That
0: is incredible.
3: What does that even Sorry, mean? I can't link to this because... This is just too much information to load in. I can't understand this. I but just what, realized what are if you advantages? can actually if you can hold. Go on, oh, sorry.
0: Go on. Okay, so basically with the compu- with the um Okay, so you guys know about Kerbal Space program, right? I am um, you do, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, well, I assumed that it also works on uh 3D uh, virtual uh, simulations. At least I assume, and you know trajectories are actually shown using these calculations and etc. So if a quantum computer can actually use its um, wait, what is it again? Super, uh, superposition. Uh, yeah. So if you can use that to its advantage, and as you say, compared to only using only storing one number, how many numbers can it store again? Sorry. What two to uh, the power of n? Two to the power of n.
1: N being the number of correct? qubits.
0: True to the power. Oh god. Okay. Uh so I you could effectively Okay, with my computer and its processing power, it can run Kerbal Space Program. So it can it can sort of like hold like a good amount of a solar system. Yeah. And you know, the parts that are used. So if you use a quantum computer, it would just not run Kerbal Space Program. It would run possibly Oh my god. I, I don't even know. Oh wait, hold up. Uh I'm going to estimate the entire
1: Orion arm. Um the only problem is quantum computers can't run games at the moment because I know because, I know, I know yeah. it's
0: not running a game, but the thing is um simulation is yes, mainly based yeah. on mathematics.
1: Yeah, you can simulate like something oh, very I, massive.
0: Yeah, so we don't need any. we don't need a UI or anything. All we need is, you know, the mathematics to be done. And since we're on the topic of AIs, an AI can use the mathematics that are being done by a quantum computer to do something as limitless as simulating an entire Orion arm and planning out any kind of uh, interstellar uh, space flight.
1: Yeah. right. I Um, mean, if that's what you're imagining. I actually have three questions on this
3: thing. Three, like, uh, very... I need to know these things. So uh what is the actual function of the quantum computer like? It basically why, just does we,
2: like equations and stuff.
3: Right. So is it just like a computer, like as in a laptop you're using, but it's just much more mm. advanced?
2: Uh, uh It's a different I mean, class. They it's work a different differently, it's not but not a they computer can right. be used for the same purposes. It's it's called a quantum computer, but it's very different from a traditional computer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they call it computer because it computes things. So it calculates stuff for you, but...
0: Yeah. yeah, you can call them both computers, but there are different classes of computers.
1: Okay. So
0: as in, like... Yeah. Uh, so you can, quite frankly, call this a quantum class computer.
3: So what, what like, what are the... Yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand, like, what it does now. So, like, what are the benefits of using it compared to, like... I don't... I still don't can't... Visualize the difference between a normal computer and a quantum computer.
2: Basically, quantum computer go fast, fast.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It
2: goes zoom.
0: Okay, so you know, wait. Okay, so <laughs> Einstein's general theory of relativity. Yes, yeah. So uh, I assume this is uh, something to do with the transistors, right? Yeah. So, um, with Einstein's theory of uh, theory of general relativity, so, um. There would be a certain, like, a few laws that would restrict uh, any kind of, like, a travel and, um, you know, just placements between... Okay, how do I say this? Because this... uh, Okay, something moves, it gets harder to move as it goes faster, okay? So that's pretty much the basic, like, if you dumb it down really much, like, a, a lot... Yeah. So it gets harder to accelerate as, as once you reach a certain like speed. Well, actually no, it, it keeps on increasing no matter what speed you're at. But it doesn't matter. Um, when you're going into quantum levels, however, as in like quantum, it, th- basically you're going to the size of an electron. I think cargo has just told us that quantum tunneling, uh, tunneling exists, and the general theory of relativity doesn't entirely work. Well, I think there's an exception at least. That's what I assume. Is am I correct, Cargo, or is there something wrong?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Um, Sid, to sim- to sim- to simplify this. Yeah, I need a um, simplification. That's too advanced. Just for me. just imagine it like this. All right, a transistor is a switch, and when it's on, it uh, electrons flow through it. Yeah. When it's off, imagine a wall cutting it down and electrons being blocked. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. we're hitting the limits where the wall is so small that quantum mechanics start to, starts to play in this. There are quantum effects that take place. And an electron, what it would do in this scenario where the wall is too small is that it would literally just cross across the wall regardless of the wall being there. So it would just jump the gap. Can you not just make the wall thicker? No, but making it thick... Doesn't allow us to make the transistor smaller and therefore fit in more transistors in a computer. Here, I'll give you a thirty-second summary. Quantum computer yeah.
2: goes
3: zoom,
1: and then a classical computer goes zoom. Right. That makes that's that's all I need. Okay, move
3: on. Yeah. Moving on. Wait. One more question. One more question. So, sorry. Sorry to bother, but um. How does this all quantum computing relate to ai in what shape like what do, how does it relate
0: about uh yeah basically i just started talking about this because of the fact that quantum computers can be used by ais you see the normal programming of ais can be done by a traditional computer because it's so much more easier but if we want to do something much more ambitious instead of having to do all the stuff on the AI inside a traditional computer, so we can move it into a um, quantum computer, get the computing done in a quantum computer, and then transfer it back into a traditional computer for it to be displayed, you know, like for an output to be received.
3: Right, so the wh- whatever AI you're using, it has to always be connected to a quantum computer.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be. If you well, want to we- like, buff it up
3: how is it basically to connected? Uh, how will it get the data?
0: Okay, it's basically like this, okay? You have your phone, you have GeForce NVIDIA. It's like chucking a Nokia with a GeForce NVIDIA graphics card. That's basically what you're doing. So, it's easier to use the Nokia and put an AI into it, but you can't really put an AI into it yet into a GeForce NVIDIA card. But, what you can do is chuck the uh, the card into a Nokia. And uh, it somehow works. That's basically what you're doing. You're upgrading something until like it's so buff that it can simulate entire uh, clusters of of stars, star systems and stuff like that. At least, because uh, I'm using these star systems examples because, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that you can actually visualize because it's so fast and it's actually something that's right in front of us still. You just have to look up in the night sky so I'm using it to easily, um, you know, see. So if you can actually think of the entire Orion arm being simulated, just imagine the amount of power it has that it can possibly think. It could probably have the algorithms built into it that it can think like a normal person. Yeah. And that is actually where we're going to go next. We're going to start thinking about the compatibility of a human mind and an AI. This is the next question. Also, another thing, simulating emotions. Now, that, well, not just simulating emotions, but also the general interaction between a normal human being, which completely works analog, well, unless you count uh, the electrical signals running through your brain as digital, but, um, f- so basically, from analog to a completely purebred digital simulation of a mind, let's just say, so an AI would become so powerful that it can use quantum computers to simulate a mind, how would they interact?
1: Akersh, would you like to talk about this? Oh, hold on. Uh, let me give a prompt. Let me let,
0: let me give a prompt. Yeah, okay, Akersh. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. Give me what you there. got, okay? Okay, so imagine you got an AI who has taken the role of a doctor, okay? Even a mental psychiatrist. Let's just say a psychiatrist, okay? This is going to be very interesting. So, would an AI be able to not just effectively diagnose, but also treat a person with depression, let's just say?
2: Would it be able to? Yeah, probably. Isn't there already AIs assessed, like assisting with that kind of stuff, like giving diagnosis, diagnoses? Mm.
1: Yeah, I think they... Okay. The, the word assisting is the key word there, because they, they help, but they don't take the full role there, because neuroscience has proved that A.I. cannot like have emotions. So in any any scenario you take, wherever you think A.I. will be helpful, it will never be able to communicate to humans in a way that is emotional. So it can't emotionally attach attach to someone. So if someone is facing with depression, it cannot act the same way as a human trying to calm that person down. It will it will just provide information and generally be helpful, but it won't have emotion.
0: Yeah. and this is where simulations come into play because if a um if a certain per- few perimeters is given to a, a an ai and it can simulate how a depressed person would feel well maybe not actually feel but just at least behave then they would be able to like look out for everything that they need would need to know in a person to actually say okay this guy's got depression and using that they would also be able to take all the information they need from the patient to actually know what way would be able to um, treat them effectively. So, for example, let's just say a certain person um, has these certain behavioral types and um, they would have a few preferences. So using those as parameters, you can put them into well, maybe not now, but soon you will be able to actually have software that can do that. Put these parameters into a computer the AI will then run a simulation of everything that is, like, you know, of, of the person. It would be running a simulation of the person. And it's almost like um, checking every single outcome, see which one would be the best for the patient. And which treatment would be the best.
1: Yeah, in that regard, it does help.
0: Because until now, to actually process all that, all those parameters, because the amount of factors that play in a yep. person's mind is too great yeah. for even a traditional computer to take. Computer, so with yeah. a quantum computer plus it an would AI, be very...
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a very good combination, a... Yashwan. That's. That's um... another
0: thing, actually. With this simulation technology, well, at least, well, this maybe not technology, but with this theory of using simulations, would it be possible? For a relationship between an AI and a human, and also, this is very controversial, because the hell would this actually bring about? Would it be real, or would it be imagined? As in, would this be perceived as a proper, accepted relationship, or would this be something that's just imagined, it's and weird. not actually given proper regard?
3: For, for
1: sure imagined. Imagine imagined. how can that's, an AI be in a relationship with a human? That's not
3: happening in a million years. Right? Like, can we just like bring like some sort of uh, pop culture into AI, like something like songs or movies, something like that.
2: Ooh, AI writing songs. That might be yeah, interesting. Yeah, they can literally write like, the song is, they want. Oh, this
0: is this is spicy.
2: Please stop using the adjective spicy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, then this is saucy.
1: No, no. Come on man. That Just is, use like that is real. Fun. Use like cool. Not food adjectives. That's
2: right, man. Man, should go to clone school.
1: Uh Yeah, I was going to say um have you have you guys heard of OpenAI? No. What's that? No, really? Well, that's one of Elon Musk's company companies. And uh, they they do a lot of like funding towards research in um AI and they came out with this tool recently called GPT-3 don't ask me what it stands for and it will be able to do things like writing songs on its own so if you just tell it a context it will be able to write a song
0: if an AI can actually make music then it needs to know what good music is so if you can actually pinpoint define what an actual good music is then there should be some kind of way to dis- like describe it yeah it's it's um it's an interesting topic that we can talk later.
3: Right. So, um, AI can create music better than humans. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they can, they have, they have like many more different variations, I presume. Once they, once they're like highly developed, they'll have so many different variations and they can like, you know, create a song, which is amazing. They can even make movies. They can direct films, much better than humans can.
1: Oh, well, I don't know about the much if better what, part. If what you say is
0: true, if what you say is true, even with the movies part, then there has to be some kind of define or definite way of filming a movie, right? There has to be a few criteria for a movie and a song to be considered good. Which also del, it also delves into the depths of psychology and what is perceived
1: as good well ai is a learning model so it can learn it doesn't have to be definitive definitive so if you give it some context it will learn based off that context and then improve its knowledge in that area
3: right akash what do you think what do you think um do you think that ai can like create songs and go into the art more or less i mean what do you think about that
2: i think like initially the songs probably won't be that good but they'll probably catch up to like um people's standards quite quickly
0: yeah but no matter how many songs AIs make we all know the, the greatest AIs who have ever made songs is going to be Daft Punk
2: they're not AI I know it's a joke it's a real funny yes. joke
3: <laughs> yes when,
2: when you say it's a joke at the end of it <laughs> you got everybody laughing as everybody's been pointing out, AI is like going to be super helpful and stuff, but it's also going to be, it could have negative uh, implications as well. Like, for example, uh, I think Google uses AI to like track your um, web history and like what you do on your phone. And then they deliver ads to you uh, based on whatever an AI chooses. I feel like um, it, it could become a real issue of pri- uh, privacy. Privacy. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think that privacy could be a big problem just because AIs could just, like, they'll just analyze every single part of your life online, um, you know, you won't be able to escape from Google's grasp.
0: <laughs> Honestly, once we start colonizing and stuff like that, all this data stuff is just not going to matter. Because once we'll have, like, you know, proper continuous outside threats, for example, an in actual inhabitable atmosphere and temperature such like that in Mars... Uh, we won't be worrying about data. We won't literally won't have the time to worry about. Oh, we need to get more data so we can sell these guys stuff.
1: Now there's just not enough time. But but data is like one of the biggest things. Like every everything is data. Did in a digital form, everything is contained as data. What do you mean they won't have time?
2: Everything's done by AI anyway. It's not like a person's manually reviewing your like information. AI is just it takes your information um just. You know, computer. I
0: know, but like they wouldn't be focusing on making AI systems that would be, you know, capable of doing this. People would be more Why would they not? Actually, fair question. There's always gonna be some idiot who wants to do that.
2: I mean, yeah, there's Google, there's Twitter, there's literally every social media ever.
0: Actually, no. Not not just idiots, but actually there's certain conditions, like a psychopath. Now, many people would say psychopaths are people who just kill. But no, 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 no. Psychopaths are people who actually just do things for their own benefits. So there will always be people who will, you know, try and take advantage of other people's stuff. So da- data scandals like this. So, yeah, you do actually have a valid point. There will be always someone doing so. It's just Murphy's Law. There, If something wrong can happen, so it will go wrong at least once. Any other dangers? All right. is it. A, a dangerous with AIs. They can yeah. possibly
3: create an apocalypse and go against humans, as we previously mentioned. Did we?
0: I mean, we could just rule that out by having a proper super load, like or like a, you know, like a higher priority subsystem.
3: Or I mean, Yashwanth, before we were here, you were talking about something like, uh, would say if we go to a different planet, say if AI colonizes a certain planet, would that be deemed as our planet? that we went to, or... Yeah, you were saying something probably. about that.
0: Yeah, that's... That's another thing. Go on. You know what? How about this? We can talk about space... Fi- or, uh, space politics in some other episode, because that is uh, something completely... On, on, like, it's a completely different topic. Well, no, it's not completely different. It's just something that we can delve into a lot more, with a lot more detail. So, um think we could just wrap this episode up as if everyone else is happy with it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, throughout this podcast, we have talked about a multitude of different things concerning um AIs, including their capabilities, a few pop culture references, and also the compatibilities, well, more more so on the capabilities on the side. Um we've delved into the um knowledge base about quantum computers, how they work, and their specific well, the possible uses for AIs, including simulation theories that we could that possibly could be used for uh, a multitude of reasons, such as simulations of um, uh, physical objects or entities, or simulations of uh, people in terms of their behavior. So, um, so yeah, um, in terms of what we have actually answered. So pop culture, uh, the actual main problem people have find with AIs is either privacy scandals or uh, well, data scandals, sorry, um, or with the saying of uh, AIs are going to bring apocalypses. But um, while there's not much we can do about um, data scandals, the possibility of apocalypses happening can be ruled out uh, safely. Maybe not in terms of 100% it can be ruled out because, um, once again, you can't exactly uh, have a 0% chance of something uh, which can happen in the future. But, you know, the entropy and whatever, that's something else, sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, we've also looked at the, the compatibility in terms of the actual um, the simulation of emotions by a an, an ai which can also use quantum uh, computers with um the simulation the simulation of the uh, emotions of a human person like, can can be done but it cannot be properly replicated as cargo has pointed out um from uh, that neuroscientists have deemed it uh, well proved it impossible so uh, There is that. So, yeah, we have delved into quite a large topic. Um, Rather, a little bit of controversy at the end, though, about the relationship, but that is definitely ruled out. So that is fine. So I hope you've um, learned quite a lot from this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. And if you have any other suggestions for other podcasts that we can do, um. Please do put it in the comments uh, in the YouTube video. Uh, we should put this on YouTube. See, see you guys later. Then uh, we'll call this podcast a day. Um, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, leave suggestions, as I've said. And um,
1: thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, keep listening for our other podcasts. This is Sky, Karthik, Akarsh, and Sid. See you later. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.